0: Hey everyone, welcome to day 30 of our Matthew part 2 study. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. We've been in chapter 26 for a little while. We're going to look at verses 57 through 75. And today, we're going to see a couple things. Remember, when we talked yesterday, we saw Jesus has been arrested. Judas led a group of people out to the garden to find where Jesus was, and this group of men grabbed hold of Jesus and arrested him. Now remember, when this happened, Jesus' friends, his disciples, they were scared, and they all ran. So Jesus is being taken by these men to, to trial. You know, whenever you're accused of a crime, someone is taken to a trial before a group of people or a judge for them to determine what the consequence should be, what should happen. So, Jesus is taken before a council. They took him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. So, these are the church leaders of that time. They have gathered, and they've brought Jesus in. And it says, meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and he sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. So the disciples, the friends have scattered. They've run away, but Peter is kind of sneaking around. Peter's sneaking in. He's trying to get kind of close so he can see what's going on, maybe hear what's going on. He wants to know where Jesus is. Now, inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared... This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Okay, let's stop there for a minute. Do you all hear what they said? These priests, so when you arrest someone, you have to bring charges against the person. You have to be able to say what they've done wrong, what they're guilty of. Well, the leading priests and the elders, these leaders know Jesus isn't guilty of anything. So they're trying to find people to lie about him, to give a false testimony, to say something against him that will cause the people to decide he should die. So the only charges that they can come up with is they said that once they heard him say that he would be able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Now, statement's a little bit confusing, but I want you to think about the temple of God being destroyed and being rebuilt in three days. Think about Jesus for a moment. What's about to happen to Jesus? He's about to die. He's about to be broken, destroyed, and then after three days, he will rise again. Hmm, Think about that, those connections we can make. So then the high priest stood up and looked at Jesus and said, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? Like, what do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, You have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. So they've brought these charges against him and they're crying out, just tell us, are you the Messiah? And he says, you said it. And he tells them that one day he will return. He will be seated at the right hand of God in power and glory. The high priest, when they heard this, tore their robes and said, Blasphemy? Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Now, this weird word, blasphemy, do you know what that means? Blasphemy means to speak against God. They believe Jesus is claiming right here to be God, to be the Messiah, to be God's son. And they are so angry about that because they don't believe that Jesus truly is the Messiah. They don't believe him. And so they believe he is claiming God's glory for himself. So this is what the people cry out. They say, guilty, he deserves to die then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fists. And some slapped him, laughing, Prophesy to us, you Messiah. Who hit you that time? Y'all, this is so hard to read. And you're going to see in the coming chapters, the next few chapters, it's hard to read. It's hard to look at this. This is Jesus our Lord. This is God's Son who is being treated like this but guys why why is he allowing this to happen why doesn't he call down angels to stop it because he loves us because he's trusting that this is God's plan this is the way for him to bring salvation for him to rescue us to pay the price for us to save us from our sins so he's enduring this this ugly, hurtful, shameful mess, because he loves us so. Now, while this is happening, Peter, we know, is sitting outside in the courtyard. He's kind of spying on things, checking it out. A servant girl came over and said to him, Hey, you were one of those who was with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those around, Hey, that man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. He said, I don't even know the man. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. I can, We can tell by your accent. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately, a rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Jesus had told him, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away, weeping bitterly. Why, why is Peter weeping? Why is he crying? What's, what's going on? What do you think he's feeling right now? Guys, Peter knows that he has, he has sinned. He has sinned against God. He has sinned against Jesus. He's lied. He said that he didn't even know him. He denied Christ. When people asked him, hey, do you know and follow Jesus? He said, no, no, I don't even know him. And when he realized, when he realized what he had done, his heart was broken. And I want us to think about this. This is where we're going to stop today. But I want us to think about this. What is our response to sin? How do you respond when you know you have sinned against God? Maybe you told your parents a lie. Maybe you did something that hurt a friend or a brother or sister. Maybe you cheated at school. You did something that you knew you shouldn't have done. And In that moment, when that conviction, when you know in your heart that you have sinned, how do you respond? Peter is giving us an example of what we should do when we are convicted of sin. We don't want to excuse it. We don't want to just make excuses that we didn't mean to or it wasn't our fault. We don't want to blame someone else. We want our hearts to break over sin. Because our sin breaks the heart of God. Jesus died on the cross to cover our sin. So when we sin, it should break our hearts. And there's something beautiful that happens when we allow our hearts to be broken over sin. When we see how desperately we need a Savior and we're willing to confess our sin and turn to Him, God brings healing. He forgives our sin. He restores us. He makes us new. We're going to see later on that Peter is restored. He becomes a mighty part of God's kingdom because he didn't continue in this sin. He allowed it to break his heart and cause him to return to Jesus. Oh, let that happen with us today. Father God, Lord, we just ask you that you would help us to understand how serious our sin is before you. And God, when we make the wrong choice, and we all do, we're all sinners, that that sin would just break our hearts and cause us to turn, to run to you, to surrender to you. Because you are worth it all. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.